Captain Schaff's Log, Stardate 7618.1. Fresh out of dry dock and ready to engage, the crew of the USS Trechnological are relaxed, realigned, re-energized, and dare I say reanimated? That's right, as we move away from visiting strange new worlds, we have set a course to rendezvous for a joint mission with the USS Cerritos, a California-class starship. There we will meet with Captain Freeman and her bridge crew, as well as some of her hard-working lower deckers. I find myself drawn to their adventurous spirit and the way they march to their own tune <laughs> i know i speak for captain vactor when i say it is good to be back Welcome to Trechnological, a Star Trek Shakedown. This is a short-form podcast hosted by two hard-working dads who love to talk Trek. I'm Captain Schaff, and with me each week, side-by-side in our co-captain's chairs on the bridge of the USS Trechnological, is Captain Vector. How are you, Captain Vector? I am doing very well, Schaff, because it's my favorite time of the week. It's time to talk Trek. With Captain Shaw. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. Oh, man. Long time coming, too. We've been we've been on shore leave for too many weeks. Uh, finally got myself moved over from Colorado to Washington, and this is the first episode in the new house. So nice. um, behind me is the beginnings of what will be a pretty amazing display, but yeah. it's a work in progress. So just uh, bear with me on that. Now, looks good to me. Thank Shaw. you so much for. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, now, each week, just for our, our listeners who may be new to the podcast, we're going to be traveling to a new planet as we seek out Trek news, as well as boldly going through our thoughts of each episode of Star Trek Lower Decks Season 3, which just debuted this past week. So, uh, really, without further ado, I think we should probably get into it, Captain Vactor. Would you mind setting a course for the nearest planet, Maximum Warp? Aye, sir. Course laid in. Big money, no whammies. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get the kinks lay, uh, out of this. You know, the starship's been in dry dock. <laughs> it's uh, we're we're warping before I give the okay. But all right, <laughs> no worries, no worries. <laughs> Captain Vector, can you uh, mosey on down to the uh, transporter room where we're going to beam down to the planet's surface to search for some Trek news? Aye, sir. On my way. Two to beam down. All right, let's scan the planet's surface for any sign of Trek news. I found some Trek news, Captain Chaff. Oh, uh, yeah. What kind of stories did you find, sir? Well, as we were on shore leave, unfortunately, uh, we have some sad news to report that Nichelle Nichols passed away. Uh, we actually did a TikTok honoring her. Um, so if you haven't checked out our TikTok account, definitely go over there and check it out. 
But um, everyone from all over the galaxy was giving all of their condolences and really showing how much Nicole Nichols meant to um, all of the fans in Star Trek. So it was a nice, touching tribute uh, when she passed away. And StarTrek.com had five classic Star Trek moments that redefined sci-fi. And that was it was a big thing for race relations and uh, female empowerment. So Nichelle Nichols had a, a ton of great moments in Star Trek history. Uh, they also did a tribute called Nichelle Nichols Will Rest Among the Stars. Um, so that was a nice one to check out. Um, over on StarTrek.com as well, there was a look at Afrofuturism in Star Trek Discovery, <laughs> which one day maybe I'll get caught up on that show off and we could talk about it. Um, you need to. I, Gosh. It's on my list. What are you, like some hardworking dad or something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll get more to that uh, a little bit later. Uh, September 8th coming up is Star Trek Day, uh, a global celebration. <laughs> so we have a news article on that, as well as AR Delta Portals uh, VR Scout. And I am very interested to see what all of the Star Trek Day uh, has has to offer us, Shaf. Um, it's going to be a global celebration. There's going to be a live stream that's going to be taking place Thursday, September 8th at noon Pacific time. And they've done this for the past couple of years. I remember during the lockdown and during the pandemic, yep. that was one of the, the bright spots for me. So Star Trek Day 2022, I'm going to be looking forward to it. But there's going to be a series of AR or augmented reality Delta portals available to fans across the United States, as well as London, Brazil, and Melbourne. So you'll be able to use your smartphone and unlock the 3D. Uh, Shaf, are you an AR guy? Is that a technology that you've used before and you enjoyed? You know, I've, I've used it. I can't say I fully enjoyed it, <laughs> but um, it's been helpful. I think what I've used it most for, which is kind of dumb, uh, is <laughs> I've used it for like figuring out if furniture fits well. Oh, in my yes. Room. Yes. You know how you can like, you know, you set it up and you like and you can place it against the floor so it like and it, it's proportional to what yeah. you, where you're at. That's like, perfect. I, that's been helpful. Um and I know I've played a little bit of Angry Birds. Ah, yes. You know, they've yes. got like the AR version of Angry Beer, Angry Birds. Um I've definitely done that before, but I it, and I will state one additional thing is, you know, the Star Trek NFT that I Ooh, have. Oh, yes. Um the Enterprise D um, you can look at it in AR. So ah. I've definitely like placed it on my, my like bed or, and like, and maximized it. So I'm just like, uh, <laughs> like in the room. Take yeah, that, that's um, very cool. And you'll so actually cool. be able to do that on Star Trek day. There's going to have a variety of 3d content, such as classic starships and recognizable characters from the show via the Instagram cool. app. So we will be able to check all of that out on Star Trek Day. Um, there's a very cool article over at Gizmodo, which talks about uh, the shows to start with Star Trek. So if somebody's new to the Star Trek universe, wants to know where to boldly go first, um, they've got a nice list over at gizmodo.com. So that'll be in our show notes. Um, one of the top ones, Shoff, Strange New Worlds, which we reviewed. Yeah. Um, on our podcast, we reviewed every episode of Strange New Worlds. So if you haven't checked that out, if you're new to the podcast, definitely go Such ahead. Such a great show. I I would say it's one of my favorite. Even as a like 
not just as a Star Trek fan, but just as a fan of television. That was one of my favorite shows of 2022. One of the highlights I've had so far. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They set the bar so high. Uh, and I'm still in withdrawals. Many weeks later, like I'm, I'm in withdrawals. I need more. I need more Pike a hundred, in my life. A hundred percent. We're going to be talking about Lower Decks season three on this episode. Uh, if you'd like, you can actually head over to StarTrek.com, and they've got some Lower Deck T-shirts. Um, I guess they're going to be doing a series of Lower Deck T-shirts. So check those out. Those are cool. This week on the Ready Room, we had Lower Decks show showrunner Mike. McMahon, which I just learned, you pronounce his name McMahon, and Dawn Lewis, <laughs> uh, one of the actors who plays the captain. And you on pronounce Lower her Dex. name Lewis. <laughs> crazy. Uh, they embraced the nerdiness of Star Trek. It was a very nice ready room. Did you have a chance to, to watch that episode? I did. I watched it. Um, the interesting, the interview is interesting to me. We can get, we'll get into it more later, but it felt like Mike was talking over Dawn mm. a considerable amount. Like he kept interrupting her. I wasn't thrilled about that, but overall, it, it definitely was a cool, um, a cool interview with with Wheaton and <laughs> uh, and 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 it, and it was definitely interesting after having watched the the season premiere of Lower Decks. Yeah. Um, and then Star Trek The Motion Picture, which, uh, Shuff, we have some some special content coming up for Star Trek The Motion <laughs> Picture. But there was a 4K cinematic trailer for Star Trek The Motion Picture, uh, the first movie in the Star Trek um, filmography. It's actually going to be returning to cinemas. It was in cinemas. Is that correct? Oh, August 19th. Uh, yeah, that already be- passed. Yeah, they, they're doing that, but they've also got it coming out in 4K release uh, for purchase in in September. And uh, because of that, they've been playing it on Paramount Plus. Ah, and so I f- this this article we may as well tease it. We're going to be diving into the Star Trek movies as additional content Ooh-wee. on top of the the lower decks uh, uh, episode discussions that we do. So uh, look forward to that because every month we're going to be featuring another Star Trek movie in chronological order too. Uh, so very very exciting. I can't wait. There's twelve Star Trek movies in total, and I've seen. Four of them. Let's put it that way. So this will be a good oh, catch man. up for okay. me. <laughs> <laughs> which wait, which, which four have you seen? Um, so I've seen the the Abrams. Was it? Is there three or four? J.J. Abrams. There's three. There was. There's potentially going to be a fourth. Okay. But, so I've seen uh, three. That plays into the next news article. But yeah, nice. I've seen three um, Abrams. But yeah, and then so yeah, there was the Next Generation movies. So actually, I've seen more than four. So I've seen. It was it Insurrection, First Contact? Was there another Next Generation Nemesis. Movie? Oh, Nemesis. Okay. So I've seen six total then. Yeah. Okay, but you haven't seen any of the original series crew? No. Um, well, actually, no. And I did not see... Generations either? Oh, no, I did see Generations. Yes, gen- any anyone that had the Next Generation cast, I okay. saw. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah, so you've seen more than you think, <laughs> but definitely you've got some you've got some catching up to do on the original series, yes, uh, uh, movies, which I'm excited for. I've seen them all, um, but uh, there are some I've seen a lot more than others. First Contact because it's my favorite movie, but uh, the we're going to start with Star Trek: The Motion yes. Picture. 
which I begrudgingly agreed to <laughs> rewatch because I've seen that movie enough times that I don't really want to see it again, but I will and because we have a Star Trek podcast. Did we agree <laughs> upon, is it going to be the theatrical cut or the director's edition? Oh, I figure we'll do the the 4K one that's on okay. Paramount+. Plus. Beautiful. Yeah. And um, the August 19th date I was referring to was in the UK. So it was a, in a limited showing in the UK. So that was August 19th. But as Shoff said, there's a 4K release as well as on Paramount+. Plus. So we're going to check those out. So please join us for that. Um, and then a last late-breaking Star Trek story, um, right before we started recording, the new Star Trek movie that none of the cast knows about but apparently some people do, has lost its director, Matt Shackman, who previously directed a ton of TV work, and then WandaVision uh, was, I think, what put him on my radar. Um, he is going to be, he is in talks right now. They haven't s- finalized it yet, but uh, he's going to be directing the Fantastic Four movie for Marvel. So he has kind of a conflict of interest. He says he's not going to have time to do both movies. So he's dropping trek mm. for marvel he's gonna jump ship over to marvel <laughs> you know it's funny because uh captain vactor and i are both big marvel fans as well so it's we don't i don't know if i speak i don't want to speak for you but i would say that i don't feel like it's a huge loss mm-hmm. because we still get him like yes. we get him in some capacity right. but it is a bummer that he doesn't have time for both considering that he agreed to do star trek before Right. That's why he was... committed to Fantastic Four. That's the weird part. But I yeah. think partially, my guess is the reason why he did that is because Fantastic Four is further along mm. in its pre production process and more ready to go and therefore has more solidified timeframes of sh- production dates and things like that. Because mm. M- Marvel is a movie machine, you know? Yeah. And Star Trek is not a movie machine at all. Right. I mean, they haven't had any movies in a long time. So. Um, they're, they're taking their time with this one. They had a few, uh, that didn't work out. Quentin Tarantino, Noah Hawley, um, Matt Shackman is just the next one in a long list of directors who had ideas for the movie. So I feel like because this one doesn't potentially even have a script yet, they're just not, they're able to say adios to Matt and he can choose something creatively that he wants to do and will probably be the better choice because, the Fantastic Four is no doubt going to have a huge factor in the next phases of the MCU, which means he's going to be busy. Yes. Uh, he's going to be like, uh, uh, who's the guy who did the Spidey Spider-Man movies? John, oh, John Watts. John Watts. He's going to be John Watts busy yeah. uh, in the MCU. So he's so, really uh, cut so his, for him. Yeah, he's really cut his teeth in television. He worked on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Game of Thrones. I talked about WandaVision. And then he actually has an Apple TV show, which Schaff is going to love. It's all about Godzilla. Um, and <laughs> that show, he's going to be directing two episodes on. So, yeah, he is very busy. But I'm, I'm like you, Schaff. He actually uh, first announced that he was going to be on the Star Trek movie in summer of 2021. And the fact that the Fantastic Four deal hasn't even been completed yet, it's just kind of they're in talks that it's very strange right. to me that it's been a year of him committing to Star Trek and then he's able to just leave. So what what kind of contracts are these that guys can just they can sign it and then leave the next year? I know. Yeah. 
I don't know. And you would think that that would be a bad for reputation as a director. Like if you're just going to up and leave a production like that, right. but I guess he must have, you know, clauses to back out if he needs to. So, yeah, but that was all of the Trek news for this week. Shuff. Awesome. Well, thank you, Captain Vactor. Please transmit those news articles to our show notes for our listeners. Now then, let's continue our weekly mission with our episode discussion. So, uh, Star Trek Lower Decks is back uh, for season three, and we're going to get 10 episodes uh, this season, uh, weekly, pretty much through the end of uh, 2022. Um, We've got, the first one is called Grounded. That's the the name of the episode. It was directed by Jason Zurich, written by Chris Kula, and the release date was on the 25th. Today, by the way, is the 26th. That's when we're recording this. And typically it does go live in the evening, same day. Uh, but you'll probably not get a chance to listen to it until the next morning. So, uh, so yeah, you're listening to us in the future. Yeah. Um, before I go any further, Captain Vactor, do you mind throwing up a red alert? Thank you. Yeah, we don't want to spoil you. So we got to make sure to warn you ahead of time. Spoilers to follow. Now, the synopsis for this episode is as follows. Mariner enlists her friends on a rogue mission to exonerate her mother as Captain Freeman faces a military tribunal for the destru- destruction of Pakled Planet. Now, this is the second part of a cliffhanger episode that was the season finale of season two. Um, <clears throat> so a little background for myself uh, on lower decks. I never watched this show. <laughs> um, I, I had some catching up to do during my, uh, shore leave. I, I needed to watch pretty much almost all of season one. Cause I had seen one episode. Shaw uh, and uh, I and famously hates animation. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> some people, some people we know are fascinated by animation. I am not, I'm not fascinated by animation and I don't want you know, to lose fans about this, but I just, I just have, have very specific likes when it comes to animated, uh, content and like the way things are drawn can either draw me in or it can push me away. Um, some, some cartoons I love, uh, the 1990 ish Spidey, uh, cartoon, um, the X-Men cartoon from the nineties, Batman, the animated series, Superman, the animated series. Like those are the types of, of animation I love and, and I, I will watch, but if it's crude, like Ren and Stimpy, um, or Beavis and Butthead, uh, or, any number of Nickelodeon cartoons that just got progressively more and more like outlandish. I just, I couldn't do it. I got, I couldn't handle it, but I did grow up on Doug. I grew up on Rugrats, you know, like I know this stuff. Um, but so lower decks didn't interest me. And I have to say prodigy is in the same bucket. I have not seen prodigy. I've seen less of than lower decks, uh, as of like weeks ago. I still have yet to see a single episode of Prodigy, and I feel bad as a Trekkie to not to be avoiding certain Trek content. And I know I will watch it eventually because of this podcast, but um, but it's because it's animated. I'm not interested, and I also feel like Prodigy is geared towards children, which makes me less interested right. to watch it too. And I've I have seen uh, the first couple. I want to say first three episodes of Prodigy. It is actually it is aimed at a younger audience. That is correct. Uh, but it's actually very good. The storytelling, 
I could see watching that with my son. Um, and it's okay. one of those things that you can enjoy it as an adult. It's not boring you to tears as your son is enjoying it or your daughter's enjoying it. Um, so it is very good. Also, it has Jason Manzukis in it. And I know you love Jason Manzukis. So that would be the selling point. <laughs> What's up, jerks? <laughs> <laughs> I love the Zooks. I love the Zooks. Uh, yeah, that, that would get me to watch the show. Is he a main character? Yes. He's not the main oh, character, fantastic. but he's one of the supporting crew. Um, he does play an alien. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Well, yeah, I, I have a feeling we're going to be watching that uh, and getting caught up caught up, uh, caught up, on it Yeah. Uh, before the end of the year, because I think Prodigy will be back before the end of the year, so we're going to have to play some catch up with that. Uh, but anyways, we're focused on Lower Decks right now. I had a lot of catching up to do. Um, I was pleasantly surprised by the show. I was pleasantly surprised by how much of a love letter love love letter it is to uh, the next generation yes. mm-hmm. um, in so many ways. And it's very respectful to what came before. Um, and, and I think that's really fun. I also think it's super fun when they come up with acronyms uh, when speaking about stuff like calling something the TOS era, <laughs> <laughs> but having other other names for right. it or the calling Voyager Voy. Um, because that's what like, it looks like from like a TV guide thing yeah. or something like that. Right. Uh, just funny to me. I love that stuff. Um, so this episode, this season premiere was no exception full of, of next generation goodness. And, uh, we can definitely take some time to unpack it. Vactor, your thoughts of the episode overall. Yeah. So episode three, I thought was a strong opener. I have enjoyed lower decks. I haven't loved Lower Decks, which is what I thought when I first got into it, and that was before I was on this podcast, the Mike McMahon coming from Rick and Morty, uh, you got to know that Rick and Morty is one of my favorite shows, so anyone who is (laughs) anyone who's coming out of that camp, it's going to be high expectations, and the Lower Decks animation style is not 100% a Rick and Morty clone, but it's very similar um, in the the way that they move and the way that they uh, animate the characters. So I was looking forward to it. And it initially, it was good, but it wasn't great to me. And where Rick and Morty, for me, is great. Like, it's the jokes are hitting me nonstop. I'm laughing throughout. With Lower Decks, I've really come to appreciate the characters and the storytelling more than the comedy. And that's the reverse of what I thought when I first got into it. So now that we're at the point of season three, I'm fully invested in the characters and where uh, each one of their storylines is going. And then like Shaw said, the TNG love that they uh, have is, is fantastic because I think Shaw is very similar to me. That was what hooked me when I was a kid. And that's what my dad shared with me and we, we bonded over that. And so the Voyager, Deep Space Nine next generation those are really like my core trek experience so coming back to that era in lower decks is just like a warm hug getting back into that that time period so i I really enjoyed this season opener of the second part of the cliffhanger finding out what was going to happen there's one thing that kind of bothered me about this episode shaf the um okay the ending and it's kind of like a double-edged yeah. sword because 
the ending is a joke where, and I get the joke, right? Like that they are the B team, that the lower deckers are the B plot. They are not the A story, and everything right. was resolved and solved in the A story. But and I and I thought that was funny. But to to I think the the weight of it having the whole episode be resolved and and the whole season because we had to wait from season two to season three for this to get resolved it felt like there was just too much to put on a joke of oh haha they figured it out over there we never even got to see that i it just didn't ring true to me so that was the only thing i did not like about this episode was it got resolved really quickly and then we didn't yeah. see the resolution. So that's what Yeah. It didn't uh, I agree. I, I felt like the first two thirds of the episode were super strong and, and clipped well. And then the, thir- the, the 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 ending just fell flat to me. Um and I maybe that is because we're just used to following a bridge crew and seeing the big stuff that goes down, yeah. not the stuff that happens to the little people. Yeah. And and I and I, I think Mike uh, I thought the joke was funny to do that. Yeah. But I just, I felt like it shouldn't have been the ending of the episode or, or the, the, the cliffhanger should not have rested upon that joke. I wish it would have been, they had taken that more seriously at the end because the pacing just felt off. Like you said, the first two thirds of the episode, yeah. I liked the pace. And then at the end, oh, it's over. Do you like that they went with the cliffhanger considering they wrapped things up off camera? Like, yeah. to me, it seems like it should have just been resolved in one episode. Like, yeah. maybe they, rather than having a cliffhanger for season three. That led my expectations because I was thinking, yeah. oh, this is going to be a big storyline. Like, there's going to be a big thing. And then when they came back in this season opener and it's resolved like that, it's like, oh, well, that I didn't really need that to be... A cliffhanger, this could have been within the season. It could have been two episodes, maybe, or even just within one episode. Um, so, yeah, that kind of, it didn't live up to my expectation. We had months of buildup. And for you, you were watching these kind of all back to back. But it's like when you're watching them and you have a six-month break or you have however long it is, um, that building up the expectation in your mind in the in the background is what kind of killed it for me but um, it, it wasn't yeah, enough to turn me off it was just it felt sudden it just felt quick mm-hmm. yeah that's fair that's totally fair um i think where the episode was the strongest is <laughs> when it got to bozeman so when the crew Uh-oh. got to <laughs> well actually i mean really just the the fact that the, a lot of the show took place initially on earth which is an area that lower decks has not explored yet until this season um, <laughs> you get Mariner, uh, who doesn't like being on earth and making fun of stuff on earth. Um, when she makes fun of the golden gate bridge, she's like, no yeah. one drives anymore. <laughs> this planet's whack. <laughs> I-, I laughed so hard when she said the planet was whack. I was like, first of all, are we really using something is whack in the 24th century? Like that's, that's the term, like that's the, the lingo right. we're, we're going with, <laughs> but it was funny to me. Yes. Um, having uh, Cisco's Creole kitchen. Uh, yes, that I was good. I love that yeah. you know, Cisco had a, a restaurant. Um, I caught things like right away, like um, the hot sauce. It says uh, uh, Ketracel White. 
which is what the Jem'Hadar use um, as basically like their drug uh, in the Dominion uh, in Deep Space Nine. So that was appropriate. Um, That's what's great about... The fact that... Go ahead. Oh, sorry. That's what's great about Lower Decks is the background jokes and the little things are... Easter eggs for Star Trek fans of oh yeah if you're not paying attention it'll go by you but there's so many things layered um, which Rick and Morty is like that too and that's what I always love is like when you can get when you can peel back those layers and you can laugh at all of the the each each one um, that it just it's rewarding to the viewer oh totally totally yeah I think my my favorite parts of the episode happened in Bozeman Montana because we're getting all this first contact stuff. And so you, they even got James Cromwell back as the voice of Zephram Cochran. And I was losing my, my, you know what, uh, because I mean, first contact, as I said, is like my favorite movie. The, the plot takes place on April 5th, which is my birthday. So it's like, it's such an important part of Star Trek history, but also just for me personally and my connection to the material. So I love, I love, I love, I love um, whenever, you know, first contact is mentioned in this show, they just were paying so much homage to it in so many funny ways. And that's what I thought when I heard his voice. First of all, I don't know why, but I thought James Cromwell was no longer living. So when I heard his voice... I thought the same thing. I was like, are they using archival footage? <laughs> and then I thought about it, I was like, wait a minute, I don't remember ever hearing about his passing. So oh whoops. <laughs> and then I watched the ready. No, it's, room. it's one of those it's one of those keyboards where it's like he's just got a bunch of words programmed in and they just have to like type the keyboard and he's like, <laughs> I am Zephram Cochran. You know, what's kind of <laughs> crazy about that is we're not I don't think we're too far away from that future because we saw that in Obi-Wan, in the Obi-Wan Kenobi yeah. show, in um, Darth Vader with uh, James Earl Jones's voice. Now, we haven't gotten the making of that yet. That's actually coming, and I'm very excited to see how they did that. But they definitely did something with AI where they have altered his voice. And yeah, he can. I, I feel confident now that James Earl Jones can pass away, and we will still have Darth Vader's voice. So the future of just pressing a key and having a famous person's voice come through, I don't think is too far away. Yeah. Well, especially with somebody as prolific as James Earl Jones, like all the stuff he's done, they can just take that footage right. and repurpose it in some mm-hmm. way, shape or form, which I'm sure is how the machine learning or AI was factoring into how to create the voice again to, to fit the script. So yeah, that's a hundred percent. But when I heard James Cromwell's voice, I said, Shaw is going to lose it. And he <laughs> did. So yeah, that, yeah, that made me Ten- happy. Tendy and Rutherford are both wearing Zephram Cochran hats. Um, as soon as they arrive in Bozeman, the first contact theme music is playing in the background. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is awesome. They've turned the Vulcan ship into a slide. It's a freaking slide now. Oh my gosh. But my favorite, 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 favorite part was when um, Zephram Cochran took the green disc, plugged it in to the futuristic CD player, and started playing Steppenwolf's Magic Carpet Ride. Because let me just tell you, growing up, after seeing that movie, every time I would get on a plane and they would start to take off, I would have my headphones on and the one song playing 
was Magic Carpet Ride. I made sure that I had the disc because, uh, you know, we were burning CDRs at that point. That's yep. that's the age that all this was going down right. for us. Um, I, I made sure that that disc was on and it was ready and that track was queued up whenever we would take off. So I could be like Zephram Cochran Perfect. and Riker and LaForge inside the Phoenix. So <laughs> uh, I, it was so, it was just so cool. And I when I watched that that scene, I was just smiling like ear to ear, like a like a proud Trekkie. Like I said, that's what's great about the show in in general. The Easter eggs of Lower Decks, I think, have over the first two seasons really um, enamored me to the show. Like I said, the characters, the relationships, and then the Star Trek lore and all the background stuff that you get. And it's you feel like you are rewarded for being a Trek fan, like of knowing these things, of watching those seasons or those movies. So I, I really got to commend them because you can tell that everyone who works on the show, they know their stuff. They know like all of the history and the lore. And it also kind of makes me want to go back and, and rewatch some of the things that they reference. Um, it makes me want to yeah. go back and, and take a look at it again. So yeah, a hat, you know, hats off to everyone at Lower Decks. And I forgot to mention, actually, when you were saying that this was, uh, how many episodes were going to be in this season, they've already been greenlit for a season four. And I don't know how much, how um, how far into it they are as far as production, but they definitely are going to be doing a season four of Lower Decks. And we already know that. That's awesome. Um, I saw a news article today uh, because obviously um, Star Trek Las Vegas is happening right now, um, which uh, Star Trek guy is currently at. So hi, Star Trek ah. guy in Vegas. Uh, he just met with Doug Jones again, got to talk to uh, Saru. Dang. Um, he's been he's been chit chatting. Oh, he, he chatted with uh, Denise Crosby, Tasha Yar oh. uh, from Next Generation, nice. who's going to be back on Picard season three. They just what? announced. Um, yeah, yeah. Crazy, which I'm kind of like, how are they doing that? She's dead. Right. Tasha Yar died in a big old tar pit. I remember um, as a kid being like, what? How did... Because I didn't watch it in order. So when they yeah. brought her back, I was like, oh, she died? Because I, I had seen her on reruns and then I was like confused as a kid. So yeah, now it's even more confusing. Makes me wonder if maybe she's the villain. Maybe she's playing Sila. Oh, Romulan's coming back into the picture. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I feel like I was going somewhere with this. <laughs> I don't remember what. Oh, I do remember now. Um, it was an interview that uh, Zach Quaid, uh, Zach Quaid, Jack Quaid, um, <laughs> was was talking about um, his character Boimler uh, on Lower Decks and how they're about to do a live action crossover with Strange New Worlds. Now, when I read the, initially about the crossover, I thought that. It was going to be an animated. That's thing. what I thought. I thought too. that the Strange New Worlds crew was going to become animated on a lower decks thing. Right, but that's that, not the case. That would make a lot more sense. Uh, and, and normally, that's what the, a type of crossover where a, uh, a live action and an animated you would bring the right. live action into the animation. So yeah, th this is going to be very interesting. Yeah. Apparently, that's not the case though. It's going to be Boimler and Mariner coming into Strange New Worlds and being live action. 
and Jack Quaid is going to have purple hair. He's going to be Boimler. <laughs> He's going to be Boimler. So uh, that is even more interesting to me. And he says that it makes sense within the plot of how it all goes down. Okay. Um, and that there are going to be some animated elements to the show, but that they will be live action. So I am really interested. I also wonder if they're going to bring, if the Cerritos will be appearing live action as well. This is actually that one would of my be pretty cool. The Cerritos is now one of my favorite ships in all of Trek. After I <laughs> completely caught up, uh, like I said, I just I'm in love with this crew, and I, there's not a character that I don't like in Lower Decks. I like everybody for different reasons. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying the uh, the ships and everything as part of the the whole package oh, yeah. of Lower Decks. Speaking of uh, the Cerritos, did you see that at the beginning of the episode, you know how um, they started this with Strange New Worlds, but they had like a, a Star Trek bumper um, that oh, has yes, like the right. ship flying mm-hmm. around the Delta. Yes. So the ship was replaced from being the Enterprise to the Cerritos. Oh. So it's actually the Cerritos flying around and it's not like an animated looking Cerritos. It looks more like a CGI Cerritos. Oh. Yeah. I normally skip so those. So it's pretty cool. Okay. So I'm gonna. Oh, I'm actually as we're yeah. talking. I'm going back Watch and rewatching this. Watch the next this. one. Um, really, really cool. Uh, the ready room was was pretty good. Uh, I thought they had a really nice, touching tribute to uh, Nichelle Nichols, um, and they had a really good interview with uh, as we were talking about earlier. Uh, ultimately, I felt like it was a little long, and I kind of just think it was too long because it was longer than the lower decks episode. Right. <laughs> and I just don't think your after show should be longer than your show. Right. Personally. So I also think that, that and felt a little long in the tooth, but all in all, it was, it was a good, good episode. Yeah. Sometimes I'll get podcasts. I'll see somebody do a podcast and the podcast is longer than the movie that they're reviewing. And I'm like, um, I'm good on that. <laughs> I, I don't need to listen to, a podcast longer than I actually watched the content of the show. <laughs> so now for our, our listeners out there, we're approaching 40 minutes and the episode was that we we're talking about is 30 minutes. So don't judge us. Don't judge. Hey, us. this is different because we have other segments. These guys, That's I'm true. talking about podcasts where it's like, they only talk about just the review <laughs> of the thing and the review of the thing is longer than the thing. <laughs> Oh man. Well, anyway, so that's that's uh, all of our thoughts about the first episode of of uh, Lower Deck season 3. We we liked it. Looking looking forward to more. I would say that the ending just fell a little short and I think we're both in agreement on that. Yes. Uh nine more episodes to go uh and then we'll see what happens next for Star Trek. Um but we're going to introduce a new weekly segment at the end of each episode. Previously we were talking about what's been going on in our past weeks. But, you know, we thought, let's bring the dad angle into it because we're both hardworking dads. That's in our our tagline. We're two hardworking dads who love to talk track. So this new segment, we're going to call it Boldly Dadding. And it's basically going to be a chance for us to talk about something, maybe a, a lesson we learned being a father, um, whether it be over the past week or since we had all this time off during our shore leave. Um, Vactor, I'm going to let you go first if you are... If you are so ready. Yeah, actually, my son had a funny story. My wife watches my son during the day when I'm at work. So she was feeding him, and she told me a pretty amusing story that I thought uh, was cute. Okay. So he had some finger foods. Um, I think they might have been chicken nuggets, dinosaur chicken nuggets. and <laughs> Classic. Uh, he had his food. 
his bottle was to the right of him, and he's, he starts pointing. He's like, mm, mm. So my wife gives him the bottle, gives him the drink, and he's still pointing. He's like, mm, mm. She's like, what do you want? I don't know what you want. And then finally she, she realized... <laughs> she realized it was his little uh, toddler fork. That's what he was wanting. So oh, she handed him the okay. fork, and then he started eating. But it wasn't like food that you have to have a, a fork necessarily. Like normally you just put it in his mouth, but he would refuse to eat his food until he had that little tiny toddler fork. And I, <laughs> I just pictured him putting a napkin in his, in his collar and, and dining, uh, chowing down. Yeah. So. Right. <laughs> he's, he's so polite. That, yeah. I he thought waits that for was, the right cutlery. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was funny. Hopefully one day now he that I will. Have my fork. <laughs> yeah, hopefully one day soon he will say. I'm ready to eat my dinosaur nuggets. The word fork or or nuggies. Yeah, fork is a, that that one you, you're you, you're venturing into a dangerous territory <laughs> because <laughs> it might not come out as fork. <laughs> so fork you, um, daddy. That's one thing. That's one thing I've learned with um, with Emily, my uh, my two year old, is some words don't exactly come out the way that you want them to. Like we're talking about nuggets. She calls them nuggies, but uh, definitely there's been a few times where it hasn't really sounded like nuggies. If you, if you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Another word that starts with N. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, you want what? Emily. No. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, that's funny. Um, do you feel comfortable sharing your your son's name? Yeah, Ezra. On the pod? Ezra. Okay. Yeah. So Ezra is a stud. I love seeing pictures of Ezra. He's he's hilarious. He's fantastic. Actually, um, what go ahead. I just thought about another quick story that uh my my son is also strange, but my wife says that he takes after me anytime. He does something weird, like he'll run around in a circle <laughs> for no reason. She's like, yep, there's daddy. But he has this strange love-hate relationship with water now where he loves going into fountains and uh, playing with water on the ground or anything like that. But my wife has been giving him swim lessons, and every time he gets in the pool, he just screams his head off like, ah! So oh, no. uh, today I dropped him off over at... Um, my father-in-law's house and he, he was out in the, in the garden uh, watering some plants or something. And my son went out there and he's like, yeah. And he got happier than, I don't know, as, as Shaw thinking about Star Trek day or first contact day. (laughs) And my father-in-law was like, so he screams his head off in the pool. But if I have a hose and I just spray a little water, he goes crazy. He loves it. What's wrong with this kid? So, Ezra is a contradiction. Yeah. What if you're spraying water into a pool? I don't know if he's ever seen that before. He definitely loves splash pads and fountains. But yeah, let me try that and report back to you. That might be the solution. (laughs) Yeah. You just spray him in the face when he gets (laughs) in the pool. (laughs) Oh, man. So, (laughs) So, okay. So my story is uh, I came across from, I follow a fair amount of, of dad uh, Instagram accounts. Um, and I, I've 
I have dad merch on. Look, it says rad dad. <laughs> my shirt says dude dad or my shirt. My hat says dude dad on it. Um, and the, the, this particular Instagram account that I follow is called the dad vibes. So at the period dad period vibes, uh, look them up. Anyways, they shared this one, uh, thing. It was basically like a reframing of a mindset. So, uh, I'm going to read to you, um, I'm going to read to you a way that we tend to think as dads, and then I'm going to reframe it in the way that they want us to rethink that. So here's how we probably have a tendency to do. It says, I need my child to behave the way I expect them to. When they push my buttons, I treat them like an adult. I expect my child to regulate their emotions I need them to reach the bar I set. Mm. So in, in context, uh, my daughter is two. She's speaking a lot. She is really, really, really super smart. And it makes me very, very proud. But at the same time, sometimes her knowledge and her awareness, because even if there's words she doesn't know, she still understands the concept of things. And so when she disobeys and doesn't listen, I know that she knows better and it's hard. It is hard as a dad to try to wrangle that in and not get upset with her because she, I expect her to, to behave. And because she's so smart, I kind of, there are times where I'm like, I expect her to behave like an adult. And when I saw this, I was like, Oh my gosh, you know what? I do this sometimes. I do um, feel like, I'm expecting her to be a certain age that she's not. Um, and that I'm having that I'm like not regulating my emotions, but I'm asking them to, and I'm setting these weird bars for them. And so here's the reframing of this. And I think it's, I think it's really, really helpful. The reframing is I need to appreciate that my child doesn't have the emotional intelligence to behave the way I expect them to. When they push my buttons, I need to regulate myself and make sure I don't treat them like an adult. How can I expect my child to regulate their emotions when this is something I'm still working on? I need to make sure my expectations are realistic and age appropriate in order for them to reach the bar that I set. So if there's any words of wisdom I can impart from uh, my experience in, in dadding and being a father to two. Um, and one of them is two years old and the other is going to be four months old here in a few days. Um, it's make sure your expectations are realistic and age appropriate. And I think as long as you can remind yourself to do that, I think it'll keep you from going into that weird place mentally where you're getting frustrated and, you know, you're going to lose your mind <laughs> because it happens and we're, we're all human, right? Um, we love our, our kids so much, but sometimes they do things that really <laughs> make us mad. So, oh, yeah. Um, so I thought I thought this post and I and I shared it on my Instagram story and I wrote takes copious notes. So I was like, <laughs> I, need, I needed I needed to see this. So uh, if there's any other dads out there who experience this from time to time, I hope that this benefits you as well. Um, because yeah, my, it's really helped me. my wife definitely helps me out in that area. Um, just kind of being patient and understanding and, 
and letting him work out his feelings and his emotions. And a lot of times when he's fussy and screaming, she's just kind of saying he just doesn't have the capability to express himself the way he wants to or the way that we understand. So that has helped me a lot, actually seeing her the way that she is with him um, and then kind of the the results is what I want as well. So that is something that I'm working on as, as, uh, as a dad. We both have wives to look up to. We both have real excellent women. So uh, shout out to all the mothers and, and wives out there who are killing it, killing yeah. the game. Because, uh, yeah, Sarah is the same way. Uh, my wife is, I wish I had her grounded approach she's she's so even keeled she's so even tempered she's very calm throughout the thing and i'm meanwhile i'm like in the corner pulling my hair out so uh <laughs> namaste holding but, uh, your farts. But we, we do the best we can we do the best we can yeah. <laughs> um anyways that's boldly dadding for this week so hopefully that helped out some dads out there um, we hope that you enjoyed our first episode back after our extended shore leave. We thank you so much for listening. Um, now, if you're looking to find us on social media, uh, we are at Treknopod. That's T-R-E-K-N-O-P-O-D. And that's going to be on Instagram, Twitter, and also TikTok. We are venturing into the short form video realm. So you're going to see us on the YouTube shorts, IG Reels, TikTok. Uh, we're going to be trying to put out content on a regular basis. So we hope you'll follow us there. And more than just follow us, we want you to engage with us um, because we will absolutely respond back and we want it to be the kind of relationship where it is back and forth. So um, if you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to go ahead and subscribe to our show. Um, and if you love the show, then we would also really like you to let us know. Uh, you can do that with a five-star review. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, there's there's ways to do that. Um, Apple Podcasts also lets you review the podcast, so that's another great thing you can do for us. But in addition to that, in the show notes at the way bottom, there's a way for you to actually leave us a voice memo, which is really cool. So we'll get to hear from you directly, and we can even share it on the pod. So you'll get to hear yourself on the podcast in a future episode. So that's a great way to get in touch with us, stay engaged. Uh, we'll do questions from time to time on on Spotify. So um, that's a great platform for podcasting. And, and I certainly like to listen to podcasts that way, too. So if you want to answer any cool uh, questions that we ask on there, you'll do that there. And am I forgetting anything, Vector? It's been so long. <laughs> I think you covered everything, um, Shoff. Just we want to let everybody know to share us with all of your Trek-loving family and friends. That's right. That's right. Yep. See, Captain Vactor, he 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 finishes all my sentences and my <laughs> sandwiches. <laughs> all right. Well, next week we are going to continue our ongoing recap and review of Star Trek Lower Decks season three. I believe our mission of the week is complete. Shoff and Vactor here, two to beam up.